Hey, Highview Hawks. Welcome to the very last episode of Hawk Talk for the 2020 to 2021 school year. Today, I'm going to be interviewing our principal, Mr. Flansburg. He's going to be leaving us this year to be the assistant superintendent in Wayzata. So I wanted to get this interview in so we can, you know, know what his time was like in Mound Zoo. He had over 20 years of experience here. So I'm really excited to share this final episode with you guys, and I will hopefully be back next year. Enjoy! What is your name, and what do you do here at Highview? Well, my name is Principal Flansburg, and as the title states, I'm the principal here at Highview. Well, obviously, yes. (laughs) No, my first name is Nathan. I'm Nathan Flansburg. There's two Nathans in the front office, so we always have to differentiate. And a lot of times the staff will call me Nate and he will be Nathan. So I also go by Nate Flansburg. Okay. Um, Where did you go to middle school? I went to middle school at Fred Moore Junior High. When I was there, it was not a middle school. It was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And it wasn't until my senior year in high school that they actually added ninth grade to the high schools and the junior highs shifted to become middle schools. So it was a little bit different uh, when I was a student. Okay, yeah. What was middle school like for you? Middle school was interesting. It was um, after leaving elementary, as many of our sixth graders experience, you're running all over the place. And I was in a building that actually had three levels, four if you included the basement. And so uh, since it was essentially four stories high on a very small piece of land, um, we were constantly going from third floor to the basement. And uh, you had to do that again, just like we have our four minute passing times in the normal year. We were doing that the same way and you had to kind of really hurry uh, on if you had one of those basement classes because sixth grade, seventh grade, sorry, at the time usually was on the top floor. And uh, if you had an allied arts class uh, and I had shop classes that I would do, whether it was sheet metal or woodworking and uh, similar to what we do with our innovation classes now, uh, those were all in the basement. And so you had to run up and down. And if you were in band or orchestra, those were also in the basement. So for new students to junior high, seventh grade was on the top floor for half of your classes. And then the other classes were in the basement. So you were constantly running up and down. But what was really great was across the street uh, was a famous bakery called Hans's Bakery. And in the morning, all of the kids would often go right across the street and start the day. Your parents would often, if you got a ride into school, they would drop you off at Hans's Bakery and they had something called a Texas-sized donut. And four people could share it, it was so enormous. A lot of times we would all go and start our day early uh, and get the school early and um, get one of these giant donuts. And then we would go in just like Highview during a normal school year would have open gym. I would then go straight from getting my donut to open gym and we would play for about 45 minutes to an hour basketball before the school day started. So I, I loved going to junior high because my the mornings were just an absolute blast. Oh, wow. A donut, then basketball? Yep. Oh, yep. Wow. Nothing like uh, starting the day with a little bit of a, a sugar rush, you know, when you're a seventh or eighth grader and yeah. going and burning off the calories and burning off the sugar right away playing basketball. Yeah. Usually started the day just a sweaty mess. 
It was fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. Um, what's a funny or possibly embarrassing story from your time in middle school? Oh, boy. I have to think back to a funny or embarrassing. Um, you know, when you're in, in middle school or junior high, uh, you know, everybody's very aware of what you're wearing. And when I was in elementary school, they had these pants that had become very popular when I was in elementary school called Zubas. And Zubas were made famous by um, a lot of weightlifters, but they were very comfortable, stretchy, and these like kind of print pattern pants. But by the time I got to junior high, they were really no longer popular. Mm. And I woke up one morning and uh, I, I remember looking for my jeans and my mom's like, all your jeans are in the wash. And I'm like, no, I need my jeans to go to school. And she goes, they're all wet. They are literally in the wash machine as we speak. And so I had to pull out the only thing I had left to wear were these Zubas and they totally make, made me look mismatched. And everybody was like, dude, are you sporting Zubas? Those are like, you know, and, and so it was a little embarrassing for me going through the day on having to sport some um, clothing that had been outdated by about three or four years. Yeah. Uh, but it was all that I had. And it's, it, it's how I had to go through the day. And it looked like I was wearing pajama pants all day long. <laughs> oh, I feel like a lot of teachers and staff members have mentioned some sort of pants that were a big deal in middle school <laughs> or elementary school. Back then, all of the kids used to roll and pin their pants when I was in, in junior high, and they would take the bottom of their pant cuffs, they would fold them over, roll them up, and then it was as tight as you could go, and then they would pin them with a safety pin. And I don't know why that was popular or what that became, but everybody would do that, and it was just kind of kind of a goofy look. And you look back and you're like, what were we thinking? And just like, you know, I, I watch as a lot of the boys – will bring a new pair of um, basketball shoes or Nike shoes or whatever, and they'll walk and they're like, can't crease my shoes, can't crease my shoes, because they walk kind of funny when they're you know, trying to keep them as nice looking as long as possible. Yeah. Um, basketball shoes, Air Jordans really became quite popular when I was in junior high and those first models were coming out. And so back then everybody wanted to wear the original Air Jordans. So I still have in my household, my original pair of Nike Air Jordans. Um, it was, you know, the second or third edition, and I've got a couple of them at home still. So th that's kind of fun fact about my, you know, my basketball shoes from way back when. Wow, that's cool. You so you still you still have them? I still have them. They're they one of the heels has started to deteriorate a little bit because they're so old. But I yeah. held on to them for uh, kind of some memory's sake, I guess. Don't know. There's no reason I don't wear them. They just sit in my closet. And I'm yeah. like, I should get rid of these at some point, but just have never been able to get myself to that point yet. Yeah. What was popular when you were in middle school? Because now we have like TikTok and these weird dances and I don't <laughs> even know what's popular anymore. I don't care. But what was popular when you were in middle school? Oh, you know, we didn't have, you know, you've got to think this is where, you know, your principal is a little older and cell phones did not become a thing until I was really in college. And, you know, we didn't have cell phones and cell phones were absolutely nothing like when we got them in college, like they are today. Um, 
So what was popular, I mean, I was into a lot of sports. So for me, it was just hanging out and doing all of the sports. And for me, it was football and baseball were the two sports I played all the time. Uh, and whether it was basketball, I played, played, I did not play organized basketball. It was always pick up with my friends before school. But the organized sports I play were baseball and football. And so for us, the popular thing to do was just hang out. There was a um, local pizza place right down the street from where I grew up. And if you've ever heard of Heggie's Pizza, and they sell Heggie's a lot of times at um, different stores around the state, but Heggie's is out of Malacca now. It began as a very small pizza restaurant in Anoka where I grew up. And so Heggie's Pizza Parlor was like the place that everybody wanted to go hang out. And we would do that. And then a um, little unique fact for me growing up, where I grew up in Anoka, the football field where the high school football team played was actually attached to the junior high. So everybody would go, I mean, like we would hang out after school on Fridays. That was always like the thing during football season. School would let out and nobody would go home. We would just all hang out and wander. We'd go over either to Hans's Bakery again and get another donut, or we would just end up wandering and waiting for the football game to start. Um, and just like teachers do today, teachers would always say, you, you need to go home and come back at some point. And we'd be like, but the game's going to start. And they're like, yes, in three hours, go home. And so um, for us, it was just hanging out with one another because yeah. we, you know, we didn't have cordless phones really back then. And it was dial rotaries. And so it, it was a different time. Yeah. I wish, that, I wish it was like that now, you know? <laughs> People look at their screens too much and they don't have enough FaceTime with one another. And, yes. you know, we're all guilty of it. The adults are guilty of it too. So it's not as if it's, this is a kid thing. All of us are guilty everywhere you look. Um, somebody has their phone out and they're looking at the screen. Yeah. How did you stay connected with your friends without texting and social media and constant contact with cell phones? You had to organize everything ahead of time and it had to be planned. Like when we wanted to, we would go to the movies together, um, <clears throat> but it was always, do you want to go? You had to literally make a phone call and somebody had to answer the phone because there wasn't voicemail like there is today. You were lucky, you know, maybe they had an answering machine, maybe they didn't. So if it was, you, you made a call, you had to organize everything at school. Everybody would try to organize all of the outings and what you wanted to do, but then we would get it set up and um, we walked and biked everywhere too. You know, that, that was the other part. We were lucky if parents gave us a ride, but a lot of the times it really was, hey, get your bike and we'll meet up at this different location and we would bike everywhere. Um, yeah. And it was a different era when I grew up too. And some of the adults you might've already heard and talk about, you know, for us growing up, it wasn't, you know, we, we just were told be home when the street lights come on, you know, in, in summer. Mm -hmm. So I would leave in the morning and I would go play baseball at the local elementary school uh, when I was in junior high and we would be there for five or six hours. And then we would go to people's homes. We, you know, it's like, hey, whose house are we having lunch at today? And we would go to that individual's house and we would go hang out and their mom, like we would bum rush the house and their mom would be like, whoa, 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 what? No, I don't have enough food for all of you. And there'd be like 13, 14 kids just, oh, wow. like, hey, we're here for lunch. And um, 
you know, we would all have lunch and we would change which house that we were going to. And my mom would always say, just let me know when you're going to come here. And we're like, we never know because we would just decide on the spot. Whose house are we going to today? Yeah. And it, we would get on our bikes. And a lot of times it would, my mom would see me leave at like 10 in the morning and I might not get back home until, you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night because yeah. we would be out on our bikes and playing at everybody's homes. Uh, and again, we didn't really have video games like they have today. Our video games were Pong and Pac-Man. And so they're not going to do that for like 17 hours. <laughs> and we would then um, make up our own like mini golf games. So we would go to somebody's house and create our own mini golf course going down their stairs into their basements. Um, you know, we would we were outside all the time. We Yeah, it, it was fun. We would just we entertained ourselves and we came up with our own games. That's very cool. The baseball thing kind of reminds me of like the Sandlot. Have you seen that movie? Pretty much. It's very yeah. much like that. You know, yeah. watching that was, is very similar to, you know, how we played baseball. I mean, it was just everybody brought their gloves and their bikes and their ball and their bat. And here we go. You know, who shows up, shows up and we're going to have fun. But it was usually about the same dozen kids that showed up. We would play three or four days a week um, and we would go for hours on end. And uh, it was fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds great. What got you into working with kids? Because I know that you have gone from, this isn't your first um, rodeo. You've gone <laughs> nope. to Valentine, you went to Sunnyside. Did you go to Edgewood or Chippewa? Well, so my, I got working with kids when I was going when I was a, in high school, we had to do volunteer hours mm -hmm. and I graduated from Anoka High School. And um, as part of the volunteer hours that we had to do for graduation as the requirement, they had uh, something working and supporting kindergartners at what we at the time it's no longer there, but it was the Peter Enich Kindergarten Center in uh, Anoka. And so I went to help out with these kindergartners and I absolutely had an absolute ball. It was so much fun hanging out with these kindergartners and we, they had the day, the days that I was there, they were often in the gym and I was running around and I just really enjoyed working with the students. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to do when I went to college, I really was leaning towards being a social studies teacher. So I went in to get my degree uh, and I ended up getting a minor in history in social studies, but ended up switching while I was in college. I worked at Bethel's Child Development Center and I really liked the young kids and I really had a lot of fun. So I ended up getting elementary with my social studies minor and started my career off as a teacher at Chippewa Middle School. So I taught English language arts um, because they didn't have a social studies opening to sixth graders. Uh, so I did ELA uh, for a few years in some inter uh, intervention supports uh, my first year and then after two years at Chippewa Middle School, I moved and became a teacher at Island Lake, and I was there for four years. And after four years, I went from Island Lake to Snail Lake. In Snail Lake, I was a fifth grade teacher. So at Island Lake, I was a fifth grade teacher, third and fifth grade. Snail Lake, I was a fifth grade teacher. And after two years at Snail Lake, we had um, our, our district was declining enrollment with students. And so Pike Lake and Snail Lake actually closed as buildings. And so during that time, I was going back and was getting my principal licensure and I had moved to Valentine Hills and was at Valentine Hills as a fifth grade teacher for half a year. And while I was there, I then shifted over and became the dean of students over at Turtle Lake Elementary. 
and I was at Turtle Lake for a year and a half. And then I went back to Valentine Hills as the principal and I was there for eight years. After eight years, um, I was asked if I wanted to go to Sunnyside and I was ready for a change uh, and new opportunity. And I had student taught at Sunnyside. So there was kind of a big appeal to me. One of my first jobs in the district as a 19 year old, I did a practicum experience at Sunnyside and uh, was able to have a lot of fun doing that and then student taught there. So I, I was also a playground para at the age of 19 at Sunnyside. So going back to Sunnyside kind of was a lot of fun for me. And I've always wanted to be a middle school principal for a long time because I started as a middle school teacher and I loved it and wanted to be able to come back and um, to a middle school. And so after uh, five years at Sunnyside, Superintendent Lennox uh, asked if I would be interested in coming to Highview. And I was very excited. And uh, that's how I ended up here. Yeah. So I heard you mentioned that you taught at Snail Lake. You taught fifth grade. Yep. And Snail Lake is now a kindergarten center. Correct. It used to be an elementary school. Okay. And it used to be kindergarten through fifth grade, just like Pike Lake used to be a kindergarten through fifth grade school too. Oh. And both of them are now early childhood and, and uh, kindergarten centers. Okay. So did maybe my dad told me about this because he actually went to Valentine, but they kind of closed and then did all those kids who like went there, went to that school, did they just kind of all shift schools? They did. They had to redraw the boundaries and, you know, they were looking at, um, yeah, they, they ended up doing a, a little bit of a shift and not everybody liked that. That was very hard, especially when you love your school. And then all of a sudden you, you're at one school one year and, and you're kind of told you have to go to a new school. Some people liked it, some people did not. And so it was yeah. hard for a lot of individuals. Yeah, wow. It's very interesting. So how has COVID changed your lifestyle and how has it affected how you work at school? Oh, it changed the lifestyle in, you know, we were just at home. I love to travel and I love vacations mm -hmm. and it, traveling is one of my favorite activities and uh, we haven't been able to. Um, finally this year we were able to have an outing again where you know as, as things started to open up around spring break time our family uh, we took a, a small vacation together but we really like most families we were at home almost all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, my girls I have a, a daughter in middle school and one in high school their spring sports last year were canceled. Their summer activities were all canceled. Their camps were all canceled. And, you know, and, and all of these outings that, you know, we want to be able to have experiential for our children, they didn't happen. All of the things that we wanted to do as an adult, they didn't happen. And then the hardest part of my job, I, I the part that I enjoyed the least was, I, I think the same thing that you all enjoyed the least, thinking of from Thanksgiving to essentially spring break, everybody was doing school online. Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy being able to, you know, watching teachers and kids online is hard. Teaching kids, I, I have a lot of empathy for the hard work that our teachers had to do because being an online teacher is not easy. Being an online student is not easy. And especially when everybody would prefer to be in person. So it changed how we did our job. It changed how we did just a, a normal ability to see kids face to face. And, and especially when kids didn't turn their screens on a lot. That made it really hard. Yeah. Yeah. That was a difficult transition for everybody, teachers, students. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it like 
So you're you're not going to be at Highview next year. I am not. I didn't plan on it. I uh, had a unique opportunity. I have been in Moundsview as a teacher and a principal for 24 years. Wow. Um, 26 years if you consider my student teaching and my time both practicum work and as a para, a uh, playground para at Sunnyside. I've been associated with Moundsview and it's kind of all I've known for, you know, depends on how you look at it. You could either say 24 years or 26 years. Um, so this has been home for a long time, but I'm going to take on a role next year as the associate superintendent, and I'm going to the Wyzetta Public School District. So that's going to be a big shift, and I'm excited for it, but it was also something I wasn't planning for. So when the opportunity kind of arose, I had to have a long conversation with my wife saying, you know, this is a big change, and what do you think? And um, I'll be very honest, I wanted, I need, my wife is a huge support for me and everything I do, and we don't make decisions um, in isolation from one another, and especially when it's a career shift and a change. Mm -hmm. uh, even with Highview, you know, there was that, I accepted the Highview position before I talked with my wife because um, I was so excited to come to a middle school and yeah, I've been wanting yeah. to come to a middle school for so long. And to think that this was my one year as a middle school principal is during a COVID year, uh, that that's yeah. just an interesting kind of side note through it all. But no, I will not be here, but you're gonna love Principal Samick as she comes yes. in. And, and a fun one is um, I hired Principal Samick as a teacher at Valentine Hills years ago. And and so it was kind of fun. I got to know her as a teacher and I've gotten to work with her as a principal colleague over the years. And I think she and I are very similar in some ways. We're different in many ways, but um, she is a, an absolutely fantastic leader. And I think she's gonna be um, a, the perfect fit for Highview for next year. Yes. So. I came to Valentine in second grade and that was Miss Samick's first year and you had left like the year before. Yep. So I never had you as a principal before, but like everybody talked about you. <laughs> like Mr. Flansburg, he was the best. He was an amazing principal. I don't I don't know Miss Samick, because like nobody knew Miss Samick. We were just second graders. Yep. And she's great. Oh, she's fantastic. And you yeah. know, here's what we both love. We both love kids. We like to have fun with kids. We like to joke around and be silly at times. And it looks different, you know, doing that in a middle school than it is in an elementary. Um, in an elementary, you know, there's there's lots of high fives, you know, to first, second, mm -hmm. and third graders as they kind of, you know, as, as the kids start coming into sixth, seventh, and eighth. Um, you know, I throw my hand up and, you know, they'll leave me hanging more often than not because it's yeah. like, now nah, I'm good. I'm too cool to high five you, Flansburg. You know, I'm, it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Valentine kids have had her yep. um, from second grade to fifth grade. So they're going to have her again for their last year of middle school. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how many of us she'll remember. Oh, I think when she was here one day and I was just giving her a walking tour of the building mm -hmm. uh, after she had been announced there were a lot of students she knew and recognized right away. Yeah. Principals are always so great with names. Like, I, I don't know, there's hundreds of kids at each school, whether it's middle school or elementary school, and yet the principals seem to know almost everybody's name. It takes a while. I'm not going to pretend that I know everybody's name, especially in a year, like if everybody had been on site all year long, yeah, There's 880 that's... kids in this building. I do not have 880 kids memorized. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it does happen. It takes time. And just because we get to see kids year after year after year, that that's what also helps, you mm -hmm. know? 
Yeah. In elementary school, yeah, because you have like five years. Correct. Got it. Okay. Um, what is something you're looking forward to after COVID is kind of like the cases are declining and we can kind of get back to normal? You know, I I already have a big road trip planned for this summer. Um, my because I love to travel. Uh, we are taking uh, as a family a road trip and doing the national park. So we're going to start oh. in Yellowstone, and we're going to work our way all the way down through the Grand Canyon, and we're going to finish in Phoenix, Arizona. And when we're in Phoenix, my daughter, who's a junior, we're already taking college visits. When we went um, on our vacation for spring break. Mm -hmm. We did a college visit for her as she was looking at uh, one university in Florida. And now we're looking at a, a second university in Phoenix um, called Grand Canyon University. Oh, my cousin and, goes there. Yeah. And so she's looking at that one. And uh, last week we took a tour at Northwestern uh, over in St. Paul. So she's she's checking out and trying to figure out where she wants to go. She knows she wants to go into nursing. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's kind of the area she's leaning towards right now. Yeah. Um, now it's just finding that right fit college. And so uh, as part of our road trip, we're also going to be taking a college tour. That's but that's going to be this summer. So we're very excited for that. That's going to be yes. like the big post-COVID kind of outing. Yeah, totally. What's something you want your students and any, any school you work, what's something you want the kids to know about you? That I care about whether they not only grow academically, but that they grow up to be good people. Mm -hmm. You know, I want, you know, I look at whole child as we're not only here to help you grow academically, but we are here to help you grow into good citizens. Because as I age and I grow old, kids like you very well could be the doctor taking care of me when I get older. And so yeah. having a really strong knowledge base is fantastic, but also having a really strong understanding of how our society works and caring for other people. I, I want kids to be empathetic towards one another. I want kids to know and understand what empathy looks like because often it gets lost with technology. I yeah. worry about how technology will actually, when the more time kids spend on social media and looking at things online, um, the less time they have interactions with others. And I, I see the idea of empathy going further away from where I would like to see it happen with kids. Mm -hmm. And so what I want kids to know about me is I care about them as individuals and I want to see them develop as a whole child. And that includes meaning, you know, that, uh, that ability to have compassion for others, have care for others and grow into really quality human beings. Yeah. Okay. Finally, what is your favorite school lunch? So here at Highview or in the Moundsview School District and when you were in middle school? When, when I was in middle school, it was always the, the chicken sandwich day because mm. chicken sandwiches used to always come with these um, triangular potato wedges when I was a kid. Yeah. So you can still pick them up, I think, at the grocery store. We don't have them here, but it, it, it would always be the chicken sandwich with these triangular potato things that they had going on. It was kind of like a hash brown potato thing. Yeah. It was absolutely delicious. When I was at, at the elementary, my favorite one was probably the, the gooey mac and cheese because I oh, just yeah. love that. But here, my favorite is actually the chicken Caesar salad. I, I 
you know, that's uh, the, the chicken Caesar salad is absolutely my first go-to if I have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And this year they actually have like a ton of different options, which like each day there's like four, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, there's a lot to choose from. And, mm -hmm. and hopefully next year the actual salad bar comes back for everybody. Yeah, seriously. Oh. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your time in middle school? You know, I, you, you have to love middle school as a teacher and a principal. And I think everybody, the kids need to know it's a really unique time for kids because you're growing up, you're developing, um, you're, most kids are going through puberty at this age. Mm -hmm. And so it's a hard time for kids to navigate growing up. And there's a lot of times where emotionally you're, you know, kids are all over the place. And mm -hmm. we see that on a pretty regular basis. I saw that as a middle school teacher. I see that as a parent with my own kids. Um, and know that, you know, teachers who are here, they're here because they love middle school. We're here because this age of student is something that we absolutely love. And that was what drew me back to wanting to come to a middle school. I love a middle school age student. Yeah. And sometimes we do dumb things, right? And, and it's just learning because that's yes. the entire process of school. You know, we make mistakes. How do we fix it and get better at what we're doing? And if we yeah. can fix it and get better, that's our goal. It's to make kids, um, help them understand the world around them and see that the world doesn't circle them, that they are a part of a bigger picture and a bigger, um, you know, a, a bigger, you know, the bigger worldview and understanding that they have a place in this world and it's working with others and collaborating with others. And that's where that empathy thing comes in. Again, that I talked about earlier, I shouldn't call it an empathy thing, but empathy and learning how to be empathetic towards others is a huge learning curve of a middle school student. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you. I enjoyed it, Stella. Thank you. I, I love the hot talks that you can do with all of the thank staff you. members. And what a great opportunity for kids to get to know about uh, the teachers and staff around here. Yes. I will see you around. Thank Sounds you. Good. Bye, Stella. <laughs>